one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Find an extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, myself and Gareth will discuss a busy, busy weekend in the ring. Caroline Dubois picking up her first pro title. That was live right here on TalkSport. Meanwhile, it wasn't to be for British cruiserweight Jordan Thompson. He was knocked out in just four rounds by this seriously impressive Jaya Pattaya. Over in America, Canelo Alvarez saw Jamel Charlo to retain his undisputed super middleweight titles. We'll discuss who should be next for the Mexican superstar after what was an underwhelming fight overall for him. Bad performance by Jamel Charlo. Back in the UK, fight fans got some news they've been waiting for for a very, very long time. Fury versus Usyk is on. All parties have announced publicly that a deal has been signed for the mega fight, but still no date has been announced. Should we be skeptical? Of course we should. And we're going to hear from Frank Warren, who says there is no reason to be. Plus, we're going to preview a big, big domestic showdown this weekend as Lee Wood and Josh Warrington meet in Sheffield. Loads as always to get through. Let's do this. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. All three in favor of the winner and still the undisputed super middleweight champion of the world, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Pouring away with that orthodox jab of hers against the southpaw, Caroline De Oh, big right hand from De and Rodriguez goes down. That was a huge hole now, big right hand. Oh, and Rodriguez is down. She was caught. And the new IBO lightweight champion of the world, Sweet Caroline Dubois. There's always pressure, mm-hmm. um, but I like it when my back's against the wall. He's respectful. Um, he wears heart on his sleeve. He, he says what he thinks. But you know, if it does get a little bit more, the build-up might change more animosity. Then I'll just give what I get. There's no way that I won't walk away victorious. Are you a hundred percent guaranteeing that this fight between Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury will take place before March of next year? It's signed, and you only sign for something that's going to happen. So is that so, Frank Warren? Uh, look, so much to get through in the next hour or so. Loads, I mean loads to talk about uh, with the great man, Gareth A. Davis, who joins us now. Gareth, as always, my man, firstly, look, before we get into it, how are you? Good? 
I'm very good, thank you. Apparently you got pulled up for calling me the great man or the one and only whatever a couple of weeks ago. So be careful what you say about me, even if it's complimentary. I, I did, I did. They, they said it. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to stop. He's the great Gareth A. Davis. I'm sorry. <laughs> You've been doing this for 30 years plus. You get a great tag to your name and that's what you certainly have. Uh, let's start with um, the action in the UK first. I mean, I know there's so much Fury Usyk and, and Lee Wood Warrington, but I want to quickly talk about this young lady and give her applaudits. And that's Caroline Dubois. That fight was live on TalkSport. She picked up her first title or the IBO lightweight title win over Magali Rodriguez. Um, she can punch. She can talk well. Very different, isn't it? When you think of Caroline and Daniel, like Caroline talks. You give her the mic. She can. She can. She can sing you a song. She can do everything. Daniel's very subdued. Doesn't really talk. But Caroline has the personality and the punch power and the looks and everything. I think to go very very far in boxing. She's definitely got the X factor. Yeah, he's a gentle giant, isn't he? And yes. she's she's very kind of um, sassy. Um, and like you say, she she fires sentences out rather like her combinations. Oh, I like uh, that. Yes, they, she does. They cut, they cut straight to the point. They cut straight through you. And she kind of comes up dead with the end of a sentence. And you, it's weird interviewing her sometimes, actually. I don't know if you found that. But um, I thought she was tested very well on Saturday night as well, by the way, Eddie. Mm. And I thought she came through it very, very well indeed. Um and on a night, as that um, pre-show package just displayed, of what is a very, very busy eight days for boxing, going back three and going forward five. Mm. No, you're right. I, th I think she was uh, very, very good. And now, look, she's trying to get the big ones, right? She's been calling that Michaela Meyer. I don't think Michaela's going to want to fancy that. Obviously, Katie Taylor's around as well. She's not going to get that fight. Obviously, Katie Taylor's got Chantel Cameron. So it's going to be yeah. very interesting to see what Ben Shalom and Boxer do with her because there clearly is a star there. Obviously, look, she headlined for the first time. So they're trying to really boost her and build her up and get her profile out there. But ultimately, she needs a dance partner with a name to, to, to do that. And I don't know where they're going to go. They're, 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 she could jump up a weight class. I mean, she's yeah. clearly got the body frame, so she can go through the weights to find that fight if she wants. No, no I think that I think that's what she'll do. I, I, I think, you know, without calling, and I mustn't call Michaela Meyer a, a stepping stone because she really isn't, um, but, it, but it's a stepping stone in the mind of Caroline Dubois and on that journey, if she's going to make it to be, you know, one of the, the super heroines, if you like, of modern boxing, mm. um, you go up and you think... Uh, beyond lightweight, the, the likes of, you know, the Chantal Camerons, um, the Tasha Jonases. Um, I, I, I think Savannah Marshall and Clash Shields are a, a step too far. But those are the fights she needs to be having. The Terry Harpers of this world, um, maybe at light middle, you know, Tasha at light middle. I, I think she's well capable physically of doing that. But we are beginning to see... Mm. Um, Mayala tested her in lots of ways through her toughness. She went to Caroline's body a little bit and there were vulnerabilities there. I, I, you, you will have seen those yep. yourself. Yep, You're, you are you are correct. We started to see someone that I thought couldn't get hurt maybe show that there are ways yeah. to hurt her. This is what Caroline said after the fight. She, she, got, she was lucky enough, lucky enough to speak with Spencer Oliver and this is what she had to say about fighting the likes of a couple of names you mentioned there, Katie Taylor and Michaela Meyer. You know, 
know, obviously if Kate Taylor wins or loses the next fight, she's going to have to either come down and defend it or vacate. And um, I'll be there ready, ready when she is. Yeah, I mean, Caroline, that was only your eighth contest. How quick do you want to move through the ranks? I know that there's been a lot of talk about you and former uni unified super featherweight champion Michaela Meyer in, in, in sometime in the near future. Yeah. Katie Taylor's been mentioned as well. The big names are being mentioned. How quickly do you want to move towards those big fights? When I fight Michaela Meyer, I will knock her out. I promise you that. When I fight all these girls, I'm 22. What's going to happen when I'm 25? What's going to happen when I get my full-grown woman's strength? You know, the, these punches are going to be keeping these girls down. But it's all experience. I feel like, I don't know if this is cheeky, but I feel like, you know, like Canelo, you know, when he was just coming through, he was getting the knockdowns, but he wasn't yet getting the knockouts. It's until he got older and more developed that he was able to know how to do the rounds, when to go, when to take a break, and he was getting those knockouts, and I'll get them soon. Sure. I love her. She speaks so well, honestly. Yeah. She's, she's refreshing. I want you to speak. You get that moment. You get the mic. Call out someone. And she said, look, when I, you know, when I get Michaela Meyer in the ring, she says, when as well, not if, I'll knock her out. Whether or not she can, I'm not quite sure. But, I mean, good luck to her. Good luck to Caroline Dubois. All right, look, loads to, loads to cover. Um, elsewhere, obviously, I was at the Over Arena Wembley for um, J.L. Pattaya versus Jordan Thompson. And, I mean, phew. That J.L. Pattaya is something else. And like, I had to kind of temper my my thoughts of how good he is because in the opposite corner is Jordan Thompson, who I don't know of his British level yet. Um, yeah. But J.L. Pattaya showed me that he is special. Like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm watching a very special fighter when I'm watching him. Absolutely, Eddie. And like you say, I mean, the point I was going to make is that he was in against someone who's probably... Um, in reality, four levels below him. Yep, yep. Um, you know, what, what Jordan Thompson goes on to achieve, we don't know yet. But this was, you know, this was a massive step up for him. And obviously, he couldn't say no to the opportunity. But the, what Jai Pattaya can do, he's, you know, he's very similar in shapes to Alexander Usyk, mm. with slightly faster hand speed with his straighter punches. More aggressive? Um, um, more aggressive. Um very similar fencing with the right hand. Um, great footwork. Um, sorry, I, I said straight punches. I think his looping punches, are, uh, his hooks are, are better than than Usyk in, in some ways. And, and in some ways, I say faster hand speed. Um, I kept thinking um, on Saturday night, given the announcement last weekend, uh, last Friday, God, I'd love to see Opatia in Tyson Fury's training camp with Moses Atalma, and you've got the perfect combination: um, a young buck who wants to go in and spar with you, and a fast six foot two, six foot three cruiserweight who wants to be a heavyweight. Perfect for the Usyk preparation. And in fact, Opatia revealed after the event that Fury's people have been in touch. He's very impressive. Um, I think Eddie Hearn is is right in saying he's the most impressive Australian out there. I was trying to catch him this morning before he boarded a flight for home. And I just missed him for fight night on Saturday night. And we might've had a bit of him on today, but um, tell me from your perspective, yeah. um, what's he like to be around and scary. how does he interview? How does he interview? Scary, menacing. Honestly, uh, scary. Comes well, here, yeah, like when, I think he's, he's almost got this very steely look. Like, I'm just here for yeah. business. I'm not here to kind of, you know, play your games, answer your questions. I'm here to fight. Um, and he does that. And then after, I went into his change room after the fight. He's all, you know, smiling and, all right, hey, get in here, mate. And I was like, ah, I see. So he literally is just all about business uh, during the week. And um, 
m moving away from that quickly, though, I, I want to get your honest opinion, because I know you, you're very honest with this. And I, I asked a question after, and a few people shot me down. I said, matchmaking's obviously an art in itself, and hindsight's wonderful, but should Jordan Thompson have been in the ring with Jaya Pattaya? Oh, yeah, yes, because um, he... Even though we don't know if he's British level, he... fighting for a world title. Um, look, the big victory that Jaya Pattaya had was Mar Maris Bradis, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. That projected him and propelled him. Agreed. Because um, the only person that Bradis had lost to prior to Jai was um, Alexander Usyk. Yeah. Yeah. In a very decorated, a very formidable career. Mm. You've got to think three fights ago. I don't know if Jai told you this last week, but he was like on the undercard in some tiny little hall somewhere in Melbourne or Sydney. Do you know what I mean? In New South Wales. So he's signed a matchroom. Um, what are they? Tasmanian Promotions or something is management yep. company. Yep. Um, they've signed a deal with Eddie Hearn. He's looking for fighters at the moment. Chantel Cameron may end the career of Katie Taylor, may do. Anthony Joshua doesn't have a massive lifeline at the moment because the Wilder fights off. Opatai is an amazing signing. He brings him over here. I think it's his first time out of Australia fighting. It is. Or, or as a pro. Um, yeah. As as a pro. Oh, listen, he, went, he was he was at the London Games in 2012. He was 16. Mm. 16 fighting at heavyweight in the amateurs, you know, representing Oz. Uh, Obviously, and, and this is why I asked the question, Gareth. See, all that amateur experience, as you say, 2012 Olympic Games, all the amateur experience beat. Marius Bradus, who was considered the number one cruiserweight in the world. That's why I asked the question, should Jordan Thompson have been in with that? Well, he was highly touted as well, but I think those of us in the sport knew that Opatia's skills, he's arguably the number one cruiserweight in the world. I think, I, I thought that Lawrence Coley, before his loss to Chris Billum-Smith, was, was a problem for everyone, the source. Um, but obviously, that's changed since the defeat to Chris Billum-Smith. Opatia beats everyone in the division at the moment, in my view. Um, and therefore, I mean, he is the Ring Magazine belt holder as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was, listen, everybody knew it was a big, big underdog shout for Jordan Thompson. And I also think, I'll add this, Addy, he should have been taken out a round earlier as well. Yeah, I don't, I I don't know why he went out round four. He was completely yeah. gone from round three. Yeah, he was a punch yeah. bag from let's, round three. Let's save him. He's a good young yeah. kid. I, I, do, I do like Opatire and um, React Poor if that can be made at some point, though. Yeah, I like it. Anyone else, though, if I'm in them, I'm just uh, avoid avoid it. Don't answer the phone calls. Delete the messages. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk about the massive announcement that Fury and Usyk have signed a deal to fight. Uh, we're going to hear from Frank Warren as well. We'll also look ahead to a big domestic fight this weekend between Lee Wood and Josh Warrington. But up next, Canelo retained all his super middleweight belts at the weekend. What next for the Mexican? Welcome back to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. Right, let's talk about the fight on the weekend. Uh, undisputed super middleweight belts on the line. Canelo comfortably beating Jamel Charlo. And I was thoroughly, 
thoroughly disappointed with Jamel Charlo. All the talk from him in the last few years. I mean, he's been releasing Instagram posts saying Canelo's easy work. You know, I knew, I knew it was all a bit too much for him from the first press conference when I didn't see that lions in the camp energy from him. And in the end, he just fought on the back foot. He had his running shoes on, couldn't dent Canelo, picked up his 10 million, on to the next. Well, I think it's a, a very, very fair and um, crushing analysis, really. Um, I do agree with you. And I think one of the things, I don't know if you and I spoke about it last week, but certainly one of the things that I thought about it going into it was how Jamal Charlo was going to bear up in a very big occasion mm. that he hadn't really been in before. I think he was overawed by Canelo himself, not necessarily... And, and the size of a Canelo event. Um, and Canelo was at his very best and never allowed him out of the box. Um, Charlo very rarely, certainly in the opening rounds, didn't get Canelo's respect to the point where Canelo was able to generally walk him down and do that loading up of big shots. And, and therefore, if you keep hitting the jack back into the box, yeah. he's not going to have an opportunity to spring out again. And, and and Canelo did it round after round after round. And if you think back, Eddie, and I watched it live, I stayed up for it, I was very excited about it, um, because I thought we were going to get some exchanges. I think there were only about three or four tiny actual exchanges between the two men during those 36 minutes. Yeah, there was. And it wasn't Canelo's fault. I mean, look, he was on the front foot from the very first round, which is quite rare for Canelo. He likes to kind of have a feel-out round of the first one, but he went very aggressive early. He wanted to hurt Jamel. He wanted to send a, a statement to the division and say, look, I'm still here. Because there have been those, including myself, that have questioned whether or not he's on the slide a little bit. Because last time out against John Ryder, it wasn't great. Obviously, Golovkin, Bivol... But um, he didn't have an opponent who wanted to make a fight of it. And it was very disappointing. I mean, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Like You're fighting Canelo to become undisputed super middleweight yeah. champion. All the eyes of the world are on you. It's a packed T-Mobile arena. Um, Steven Espinosa continually tells us, you know, the gate's gone over 20 million. People have paid big, big money to come all yeah. over the world there and pay for thousands of pounds for, for ringside tickets for that. Jamel, Jamel Charlo is an undisputed champion at 154 pounds, but Canelo is a great. Yeah, and he's a modern great. That's the that's, there's a difference between them. There's a difference in levels. We talked about it with Thompson and Opataya. There's a difference in levels between where Jamel Charlo is and, and where Saul Canelo Alvarez is. And you and you could tell you could tell from Derek James, also Anthony Joshua's trainer, we believe, while he's treading water with Ben Davison, we're also hearing yeah. at the moment, Joshua, um, which is an interesting point. Um, while Derek James involved with Charlo, he was imploring him in the corner, let your hands go. What are you doing? You are six rounds down after six rounds. You need to fight him. You are losing the fight. Derek J James was on the money. They had not um, figured that Canelo... It was a very, very dominant performance. I can't describe any other way than... If you have someone up against a wall mm. and you are battering them and, and, and they're... Basically, Charlo's brain was saying, defend yourself. Yeah. It wasn't saying yeah. attack Canelo yeah. because of Canelo's timing and his obduracy and, assist, um, and, and, and persistence in being bullish 
and not allowing Charlo. He wanted Charlo to open up, by the way. And if Charlo had opened up, I think it'd have been stopped. Yeah. Because obviously he took a knee at one point. Was it the seventh? He did. It was the seventh round. It was the seventh. And, and and you are correct, the point you make. I mean, Charlo, I'm going to give him a little credit here. He, he There was a couple of times in that fight where he landed clean on Canelo's yeah. chin and nothing. And he's probably Boom, thinking, one, two. Yeah. Boom, one, two a couple of times and nothing. And, nothing. and, and he's probably thinking, at 154 pounds, the guys yeah. either back off or they go down. Canelo just yeah. kept on coming forward. And you can imagine, if you're a fighter, you're breathing heavy and you've landed your best, your best one, two, and the person in front of you has just et it like it's from a flyweight. That yeah, but Charlo, Charlo, yeah, absolutely. But you've got to commend, where you can commend Charlo, like you say, you're not wrong to critique him and be disappointed in the fact that he he didn't take the opportunity we wanted him to take. Mm. Uh, his body and the fellow in front of him would not allow him. He's too great. But, you know, what you have got to commend is just how tough he is. He took a lot of big shots. Good shot. Good shot. He did. Yeah. He, he Particularly did. to the body. Those, those arcing left hooks oh, that can throws. And, you know, yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, he must be peeing blood because those were those were vicious, vicious body shots. All right, let, let's park that. Let's remove that from our brains because it wasn't one of the best fights of the year and I thought it was going to be. In terms of what next now for Canelo, right? Because at least one thing we know of Canelo, while we've got to applaud him, is that he will give you September, May, September, May, guaranteed. Yeah. So we know yeah. Cinco de Mayo is coming. He's going to fight someone. Who yeah. do you think it's going to be? Well, if if Dimitri Bivol is still the champion, I think, uh, uh, sorry, the WBA light heavyweight champion, I think it'll be him. Mm. If it doesn't work, if that doesn't work, and that's that's a very viable fight, the big one is um, David Benavidez, who's uh, obviously the WBC, what is he, interim champion? Or In, yeah, WBC interim, yeah. Interim champion who really provides the greatest matchup for Canelo since Gennady Golovkin in the second fight. Um, because... Benavidez is tall, upright, tenacious, powerful, throws his hands, only knows to come forward, and is going to be a challenge for Canelo. And it'll be it'll be similar to the Caleb plant fight, which was really his last kind of exciting fight mm. um, in many ways. Exciting fight, because he was outboxed by Bivol um, when, when he lost, obviously, at light, light heavyweight. Um, because that, that's the fight. That that's the Mexican super fight for me. So if they can get that done in May, but there seems to be a reluctance. I don't think Canelo fears anyone, but he's maybe an end of kind of end of the route opponent. What is he? What what has he just had? His sixty fifth fight. I think so. Something yeah. like that. yeah. Um, so I, I I think he's only got three or four left. I, I reckon he'll fight like you say. Um, May and September, May and September for the next two years. And that's probably the end of him up to 35, I'd say. But Benavides um, or Dimitri Bivol or Chris Eubank Jr. over here. I, I, would, I would love it. I, and, I, and I would. That would be big, wouldn't it? That would be, be massive. Because you know, Chris, Chris will sell it. Chris will sell that fight. He would. And you know how we moaned. And, and, and everyone would want... Canelo to give him a drubbing over here because yeah. Canelo's really popular. But if Chris was to produce a classic, um, people would love him in the way maybe that mirrored the two 
um, fights his dad had or the fight his dad had with Calzaghi, sorry, that kind of made him popular even though he lost. Yeah, no, agreed. I think it would be fantastic. I think it does the stadium over here. I think Canelo Canelo will be surprised by the the, the amount of fans he has in this country that will just want to see that fight. And um, Eubank, I'd, I'd love to, I'd, honestly, Eubank would fight a lot better than Jamel Charlie. It would, it, would, it would have a go at least. Could get knocked out, but have a go. One name you didn't mention very quickly, Gareth, was Terence Crawford. Uh, yeah, obviously, Terence Crawford has spoken about, I'll go up and it's a lot of weight, 21 pounds. But can you see anything in the future where we get to see Bud versus Canelo? Is it just a pipe dream or can you actually see it? It's a big step, like welterweight. Uh, sorry, welterweight to super middleweight. Massive step. Twenty-one pound, one hundred and forty-seven. So you're talking ten stone seven to twelve stone, basically. Mm. That is a big size difference in a man. Um, obviously, can, easily Terence Crawford could walk around at twelve stone. You know, if he wasn't living like a warrior. Um, uh, Canelo's not the tallest. Crawford's incredibly skillful. Again, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it slipped out of my mind and I have spoken about it since. When you see it now, it doesn't look practical. But if the money got on the table and the defensive and range and timing skills of Terence Crawford, I still think it's a weight division too far for him. Mm. Given that Canelo holds his own at light heavy as well and he's a thick set man, man rather, um, there's a part of me that still would love to see it. Yeah, you know, take my money. And I, I think Crawford, Crawford gives him some issues technically in boxing skills, but whether it's a step too far, if the money's right and the timing's right and the egos are right, I think it happens. Yeah, money being the big one there. It's a bigger fight than Bivol financially, Benavidez, Eubank, all of them. Terence Crawford versus Canelo. Jesus Christ, man. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to look ahead to Wood versus Warrington. Big fight, that one this weekend in Sheffield Utility Arena. But up next, we're going to talk about the news all boxing fans have been waiting for. Gareth was spot on. He said it is going to happen, and it looks like it is going to happen. Fury versus Usyk. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
In breaking news, Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury have put pen to paper and they've signed their contracts to fight each other in Saudi Arabia. We've delivered it. Number one, number two, four belts on the line, never happened before. The world has to know who is the best in the division, who owns all four belts. Uppercut from Fury, followed by the left hand and another right. Down goes This is history-making fight. This is the biggest heavyweight fight of this century. Usyk just keeping a distance here, he's starting to pick the shots. Oh, he goes out from Usyk and down goes Dubois. Hey, greedy belly, don't be afraid. I won't leave you alone. Belly's gonna get you. Belly's gonna get you, sucker. Yeah, didn't expect it, didn't expect it. Um, just got the announcement, it's weird. I was actually walking out of my house. Um, and then my phone just started going crazy and I just had a look and it said Fury Usyk done. I was like, what? Didn't believe it at all. And then everyone announced it. Um, Queensbury announced it, Top Rank announced it, DAZN jumped on and announced it. But I was waiting for someone on Alexander Usyk's side to announce it and Krasiuk announced it. Alexander Usyk's manager, he announced it. I was like, okay, that's it then. It's done. Final extra Adi Lodipo on TalkSport 2 alongside the great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, you've been saying it's going to happen. I mean, although I've been very sceptical, um, you were right. I, I kind of tip my hat to you. Um, do you think it is 100% though locked in? The only person you didn't mention there who was the first to really announce it officially was His Excellency Turkey Alal Sheikh, the guy who got it over the line financially, the Minister for Entertainment in the Saudi government, the, the Minister of uh, the Riyadh season, who overlooks the Riyadh season, he made it possible. Weirdly, the night before I was recording my Battle of the Baddest podcast, and I had Bob Aram on live from Las Vegas, from his office, and he was kind of hinting to me that the fight was done without saying it as mm. much. Yeah, mm. And I've known Bob a long time, and I realised he couldn't say it the night before, but he knew it was signed. Um, that was the key figure who announced it was signed. And like you say, everybody who is sceptical about this was waiting for Alexander Usyk and Krasiuk to come out with um, with, with their uh, confirmations, yeah. if you like, yeah. that it was signed. Um, don't doubt this. If, now, if someone, if this fight doesn't happen now, it's down to an injury cut or one of the two of them withdrawing for their own reasons. I cannot see them doing it because money again is on the table. Enough money to make this the biggest heavyweight fight of this century. Obviously, Lennox Lewis was the last undisputed champion. That was in the last century, 1999. Like you, though, I didn't realise it was going to be announced on Friday. I've been hearing for several months that, and I want to say three, three and a half months, that talks were ongoing. They were getting them to come over to the other side. Um, even before that, I knew behind the scenes there were talks to get Fury involved in a mega event in the Middle East. I thought it was the Usyk fight that they were talking about behind the scenes, but it was obviously this Nagano fight that's going first, and it's still a mega event in my view. We, we battled it back and forth. I'm behind it. I see no problem in it. And I see no problem in it because we are now going to get this undisputed title fight. I do think it will happen. I just don't think it'll happen in December, even though, December the 23rd, even though some people behind the scenes, some of our contacts are saying, yeah, there is an appetite to have it. And Fury's already getting 
the right um, sparring partners into camp, the likes of Jayapataya, maybe Moses Itauma into camp to prepare for that December fight. If we get that in December, it will be utterly amazing. What a Christmas present, but I think it'll end up in January. Yeah, agreed. Maybe even and slightly later than January, Frank Warren has said March. Let's hear from Frank Warren, the promoter of Tyson Fury. This is what he said. Obviously, a lot of people have jumped on and said, this ain't happening, Frank. We don't believe you. This is how Frank responded. Nothing's going to get in the way of this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's why the two guys are signed. They, they have be- tremendous belief in their respective talents. They both think they're the best. And we will find out. They're, and as I say... Uh, the fight that everybody's been craving for, been driving me mad about for God knows how long, we've delivered it. Number one, number two. For me, Tyson's number one. Usyk's number two. Four belts on the line. Never happened before. This is history-making fight. This is the biggest heavyweight fight of this century. Yeah, look, Frank's right. I mean, they have delivered it, but there, there is an asterisk to that as well. I mean, it's delivered, but it's been delivered because the amounts of money, the vast amounts of money on, on the table for both fighters, you, you could not turn this down. Even if you both really didn't want it for whatever reason, you couldn't. I mean, Bob Arum today said that Tyson Fury could, could get paid upwards of $100 million for this. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. $100 million. Yeah, but but look at... look at that. They, if they market this right, See, this is the builds. If they market Fury and Nagani right, it will do really big pay-per-view. Enormous pay-per-view. N- you mean, n- nothing, to, nothing to warrant that. Like that kind of money, oh. you're talking four million pay-per-view-wise. Yeah. Like, yeah. But when, 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 when Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather forwarded 4.3 million yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah. When Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fought, I think it did 4.1. Yes. So... You're talking generating half a billion with with endorsements and sponsorships and all the other things that go with it, global rights, all those things, um, site fee, gate. I think it was up around the $600 million was, mark. You are correct, sir. So um, when you, if, if, if they can market it right, two undefeated heavyweights, okay, one from this extraordinary story in Ukraine who are at war with Russia at the moment, who served on the front lines, who's an Olympic champion, who's doing what Holyfield did, who did his hero, Evander Holyfield, who's an amazing Cossack character who can dance, um, dance like a ballerina, dance like a, um, like a, not a ballerina, like a ballet dancer, like a Nureyev, who, who can who can skip, who can juggle, who's a circus act, who's an amazing ring general, who's an amazing spokesman and, and personality for the sport against the Gypsy King, also undefeated, two reigns as champion, has held all the belts in the past, six foot nine, 19 stone, 10 generations of bare knuckle fighters, huge fall from Grace Ost, beating the last great champion in Vladimir Klitschko, balloons 10 stone, loses the weight, comes back, he has the undertaker moment when he gets off the floor against Deontay Wilder in 2018, the Battle of Los Angeles. Two amazing heavyweight fights after that with Deontay Wilder, the last of which, the trilogy, is one of the, has to be in the top 10 greatest heavyweight fights of all time, maybe in the top seven. And you put these two things together and you market them right, as you've seen in the Dome today in Las Vegas. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. The Dome that's circling the Las sphere. Vegas. Today. The Sphere. The sphere, sorry, the sphere that has Fury and Nagano on it. The marketing 
that Saudi Arabia is prepared to do for these events. Wait, it wait, can wait, end wait. up. Wait, what are you saying it does? Three million. No, uh, what? Absolutely no chance. Why not? No, if it does a million, I'd be shocked. What, Fury? Fury, Fury against... Usyk, yes. If it does a million, I'd be astounded. Oh, Adi, I think you're way off. I no, think no, 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 no. In today's, in today's world of illegal streaming, no. A million, I'd be, I'd, I'd be astounded if it does a million. Oh, it'll, do, got... it'll, do, it'll do a million in the UK. A million in the UK? Yeah. Fury Usyk? I think so. Oof, mate, don't know. I don't know. Look, the, the, the do you not see it? Do you not see it? I know we've got a... No, 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 we haven't got... we still, we still got time. No, I, I, I don't see it. I don't... Why? Um, well, because it, is it Fury Joshua is the big one, then, in your view? That's so. the big one, isn't it? That's the big one. Fury Joshua is the big one. That's the... That's the uh, and he, it's just the numbers. Ngannou Mayweather... Sorry, you you were around. You were there. Mayweather Pacquiao, Mayweather Connor. I mean, Mayweather Connor was just... Oh, marketing genius. Like, let no, them give them two months and let them go. It was an amazing freak show. Remember they You've did... You've got Usyk that doesn't talk. Oh, as he's much getting as I love him, better. he doesn't talk. He's getting a lot better. Um, look, the the um, I think they should have aspiration to do those numbers. They've got time. That's why I don't think it'll happen in December. I think it... Look, I'm rejoicing the fight's made for a start yeah. because I think it's brilliant because, um, you know... As Eddie Heard rightly said, put it beautifully, actually, um, it's great for the ecosystem of boxing because, you know, the fact that the the, the Wilder and Joshua fight hasn't found the right backers in the right place at the moment, um, they might have to do a Vegas fight. Or... I, I spoke to Joshua on the weekend and I said, look, what do you yeah. make of this fight like, happening? And he said, it's good. He said, it's good. I, you know, I wait for the ring walks, <laughs> little dig. But he also said... Why can't me and Wilder fight on the undercard? I was like, uh, I don't think Fury's going to hand you that bone, my friend. But you, for for boxing's sake, imagine that did happen. I, I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. I think that was the plan of a different Saudi group at one point. Wasn't then, it? Yeah. then, Mr. Gareth A. Davis, you get your three million. Um, then you get your three yeah. million pay per view buys. Well, well, there's to get to get Wilder and. Joshua on the same card, I think it will cost another 80 million. Yeah. 40 yeah. million, I could see them doing it. And I had a really good, I mean, Simon Jordan was on the money on Monday. I went on White and Jordan for a, a small excerpt. And and he was he was on the money actually. And I, and I, he said that, and I agree with him because I think there's a massive risk in, in Joshua fighting Wilder, but he almost needs a victory now over someone of that ilk in order to propel himself into that giant fight with Fury again. Um, he's just fallen up short against Usyk twice. And I think the second time he did just fall up short and I will maintain that. Um, and and I just think, well, how much would we love him to beat Wilder so we got Joshua and, and Fury um, in this era as well? Because I think... If he doesn't beat Wilder, if he, if Joshua beat Wilder, that's a route to fighting Fury. If he doesn't beat Wilder or doesn't face Wilder, I don't think the door opens, Addy, to a fight with Fury. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I do. I think AJ needs a big win, yeah. and, and Wilder's that big win. When does Wilder yeah. stop becoming a big win, considering that he's not? He's only fought one round in two and a half years. Yeah, but he, but those hands, 
I mean, <laughs> both hands. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could be you could be eleven rounds up against him. Listen, that first fight, the Battle of Los Angeles in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the ninth and the twelfth rounds, did Fury not really win all those other rounds? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I know he didn't on the scorecards in the end, and it was a, it was a draw. But the, you know, y- y- you can be, you can be beating Wilder till the last minute of the fight, you know, and and that and those that big right hand, that left hook, even his right uppercut now, um, you know, they could just put you to sleep. He's got incredible freakish power mm. um, from that huge gangly. I say gangly, he's an enormous human being. Um, we're so lucky in this era to have these guys because I've got to tell you, through the between about 2000 and I want to say certainly 2009 to 2014, mm. I was doing loads of Klitschko, Vladimir Klitschko fights, you know, where he was just boring the crap out of everyone by jabbing opponents' heads off in Germany. And I went to many of those fights. Um, and I went to a couple in New York where the crowd were booing. Uh, Sultan Ibrahimovic was, was one of them. Um, and the division wasn't exciting at all. It really was. A, I remember we were always describing it as a slumbering heavyweight division. We are so gifted to have this era um, and so lucky. And people really moan. And I think they moan because they know there's four or five fights that really still must happen before the era is over. And all these guys are, are reaching their mid-30s now. And some of them, like like um, uh, Wilder and, and Yusuk, are over 35 already. So, you know, it's it's really good what happened on Friday. And I do think that fight will happen. Yeah, uh, quickly on this one as well. This is just for me, not for you, Gareth. Just thought I'd tell everyone out there, when I did speak to AJ, I said, look, when are you fighting next? He said, December. Interesting. Who can he fight in December? Uh, there's only two dates left, second and the 23rd. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to look ahead to a big domestic fight this weekend. In fact, a massive domestic fight this weekend. Lee Wood and Josh Warrington will face off. Good afternoon, it is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, we're looking into the big domestic dust-up this weekend. It takes place in Sheffield, which is perfect for this venue because... Sorry, for this fight, because it needs to be on neutral ground. We are talking about Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington. It is Nottingham Forest versus Leeds United, and it will take place at the Utility Arena, and it's sold out, which is always great for boxing, I think. The atmospheres at a sold-out arena are amazing. These two have just incredible fan bases um really looking forward to this one i am gareth you always know when fight fans are happy about a fight when no one talks about what's on the undercard no one's actually mentioned at all what's on the undercard and terry harper versus silly Bracus is on the undercard which is a good fight as well kieran conway versus adolfo is on the undercard but yeah about this main event what, what a cracking atmosphere it's going to be and these guys you just know they're going to deliver you just know they're going to they do. You you do. They've both been world champions. They're both featherweights. They're both proud men of their cities, as you mentioned. They've both got legions of followers. Notably, they both wanted to take their fans for a big fight in America as well. Mm. And it's never really come to fruition. Um, and both men have been on incredible journeys, unseated by Mexicans and then coming back and uh, rejuvenating their careers. They're both very likable people, stalwarts of British boxing. There's nothing 
to not love about both men. And that's why in, in the preamble there for the show today, you heard, um, I think it was the voice of Josh Warrington. It might have been Lee Wood. They sound quite similar as well, even though from different parts of, of the country. Um, they, they, I mean, they speak in the very same soft-spoken yes, way. Yes, they do. Uh, with, with a great confidence about them that they can't see it really kicking off in the build-up this week unless someone um, does something kind of extraordinary. And I don't think either man will. I think they'll leave it all in the ring. And I think they'll leave it till that bell goes. I mean, I think even... Did you do the um, gloves? The face-off. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did the face-off. And it was actually refreshing because obviously, look, normally when you do these things and obviously you've you've watched a lot of them, you you are kind of hoping that a bit of drama happens because it's easy to sell then, isn't it? But it was actually refreshing to see two guys just give each other compliments. Like, you know, we're not going to badmouth each other. It's not always about trash talk. You guys know, and I think Josh said this to me, Ade, you know what we're going to do when we get in the ring. We are going to deliver. And and it, it's correct, they are going to. So it was actually refreshing, having done a couple of Misfits ones recently, to have two guys in there, um, and it's just a, a conversation around a table as opposed to your traditional sort of gloves are off or, or face-offs. But um, I, I, I like it. Going into this fight, though, I mean, Josh has only won one in his last four. Um, Lee's won three of his last four. So I guess you've got to make Lee a favourite here as the champion. He's a big favourite. There's no question about it. And I believe he's a big favourite with the bookmakers. I mean, I was doing my stint with William Hill with Lee Phelps this week, and um, he is a big favourite. And uh, I've gone for him winning in the 10th, 11th or 12th round. That's quite a good bet. Um, Or him winning on points. I think what's happened is, since obviously Josh didn't get his opportunity to, to revenge or redeem over Mauricio Lara, which um, because because of the cut um, and the injury, um, which um, Lee Wood did get, mm-hmm. and in the second fight with Lara, he comprehensively outboxed him to the game plan set in by Ben Davison. Yeah, and I think Lee Wood's. I mean, again, looking back now, how brilliant that Davison threw in the towel or pulled him out in that seventh round when he was in trouble. And rather than let him him go out on his shield, so wise. decision in Such a young man. Yeah. Yeah. And and he goes out in the second fight, what was it, four months later, three and a half months later, and absolutely schools Lara in a one-sided boxing match. Um, Because he did that, because he's shown the IQ of a guy who can switch from being a really terrific hard banger, if you like, who can brawl and box a little bit to a guy that can follow a game plan and box against a difficult opponent. I think you have to see Wood as in the ascendancy. And as you say, um, Warrington, who's had this incredible run, Lee Selby, I mean, I picked against him that night at Ellen Road and he, and he, and he completely wiped the floor with Lee Selby. Lee Selby, Carl Frampton, Kiko Martinez, um, Kid Galahad, I could go on and on and on. I mean, just extraordinary run he had, didn't he? You know? Yeah, no, it's been an extraordinary run. I think it's going to be an extraordinary atmosphere as well. I've always said that of all the fights that I've covered over here, especially, I mean, Josh Warrington versus Mauricio Lara Headley was the greatest atmosphere I've ever been. And close second, close second actually was Lee Wood versus Michael Condon. So to see these two fan bases go against each other is going to be incredible. And that happens. Uh, this Saturday is live on the zone. As you know, me and Gareth will pick out the bones of that fight. Uh, come fight that extra next week. So make sure you tune in for that one. Should be a good one. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 